Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Kentucky basketball's defense has been struggling all season long. Will it ever change? And what do the Wildcats need to do to make it improve? You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 Bet you can visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be having a conversation with Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats today about Kentucky basketball's defense, what we think is wrong, what can be fixed, uh, some things to do with the front courts, and how Kentucky may be able to go on a little bit of a run here in SEC play despite maybe some deficiencies on that side of the ball. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show if you're listening on podcast. I would really appreciate it if you subscribed there as well. So, without further ado, here is our conversation with Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats Today. We are now excited to be joined by Andrew Stefaniak, head man at wildcatstoday.com. Andrew has been doing a phenomenal job over there covering Kentucky basketball here uh, as the season has gotten underway and into conference play today. I want to talk with Andrew about a variety of different Kentucky basketball topics, but I wanted to start here, Andrew, with something that you and I discussed yesterday. I've been talking about on and off on my podcast quite a bit. Kentucky basketball has struggled this season with their defense in my recap episode yesterday uh, with the Mississippi state game noted that the Bulldogs got 77 points. Some of those in garbage time, but that second half as a whole, just not what you want to see out of Kentucky. You thought they were turning the corner in the first half, but just kind of some struggles there towards the end of the game. And I looked up and I was just like, when is this ever going to change? And you and I had a phone call about this yesterday about will it change how it's, how it's going to play out. So I wanted to bring you on today to kind of get your thoughts on everything. So before I kind of like dive into the defense though, mention the Mississippi state game. I actually made, made a note about this. Tell me what you thought about that win over MSU last night. You know, I thought it was a good win. A lot of people look at it's, you know, it's Mississippi state and Rupp arena. Who cares? That's a top 10 defense in college basketball. That team is no joke. Now, offensively, they aren't great. And you know what's funny, Lance? I've had a lot of people reach out to me and text me and say, you know, the off- the, de- the defense was better last night. I'm going to be honest with you. I- I- I've been pushing back a little bit. So I, I had my-, my buddy Carson text me, and he said, the defense looked good in the first half. I It looked better. Yes, I agree with you. It looked better than what we saw against Texas A&M. I actually... What I was doing at the game, covering it in Rupp yesterday, I was sitting with a pin in every shot 
that Mississippi State took in the first half, I wrote down, was it a good open look for them, a good look, or did we contest it well? And about 66%, 67% of the shots, to me, and it's relative, That's you know, it's, it's an opinion thing, were open looks. Mississippi State's not a good offensive team. They had some open threes that weren't falling, some stuff they weren't getting to fall uh, you know, at the rim. So it was a good win. And the SEC, it's plain and simple. A win's a win. I don't care who you beat, where you beat them. You got 18 of these games. It's a gauntlet. Every one is a win. That's a win is huge when it comes to seeding in March, when it comes to winning a potential title. It's all important. So it was a big win, and the defense was better. But I would argue it still has lots of ways to go before we start talking SEC tournament, NCAA tournament here in a few months. I completely agree with you, and that's exactly what I said on my recap uh, episode yesterday where I was like, okay, we saw some different moments where it's like, okay, Kentucky's defense was better. And like you said, uh, one of your, your friends texting you saying it was good. I said, but was it good? No, it was still pretty. It was still pretty poor. It, at least it was it was something better than what we saw against Texas A&M. But it was still nowhere near where Kentucky needs to be, especially in that second half. It's just very frustrating. But I agree with you. I think it was a solid win. Antonio Reeves just kind of quietly going for twenty seven points again. You know, it's just I love. I, I said this on yesterday's show. Tom Hart, uh, who does the does most broadcasts uh, for Kentucky on ESPN or SEC Network, just quietly goes whenever Reeves hits a free throw late in the game. He's like. And Reeves has 26 now and just like kind of brushes over it. Like doesn't even sound excited about the fact that the man's got 26 points against one of the best defenses in the country. Just like just kind of breezes over it. Uh, But yeah, I think it was a solid win for Kentucky. Like you said, you're picking up a win. You win by what, 13? I mean, you can you can go home happy with that one. So Kentucky, uh, they've got the offense. Their defense needs to start to trend in a much better direction. Uh, I guess we'll open up the floor there for the defensive conversation. What if some of the struggles that you have, what are some of the struggles that you've seen uh, out of this unit uh, so far this season and what's kind of been the problem? Well, you know, speaking on defense, I think that I'm a big believer when it comes to defense. I mean, and this is once again, this is a, a debate you could have. I've never asked you, Lance, where you stand on this. So we can have back and forth here, but I'm a big defense is effort guy. Now there's, there's, Skills you learn, there's different things that go with it. You know, growing up playing basketball, but but that's my argument. Growing up playing basketball, like these guys, Rob and Justin, all these guys, every player, you know, you've been doing these things since they could walk and dribble a basketball. They've been learning what it's like to play defense. When you get to this level, it's no longer learning how to guard one-on-one. That, that That's not what it is to me. What it is to me is, you know, Offense is fun. Defense is is tiring and hard. Are you willing to go down there and play diff, you know hard defense? And you know against Texas A and M, a lot of what I saw, and I thought Hugo played well. Uganda and Yenso did a lot well, and a lot not well. It's one of those games where you're like, okay, I'm happy, but I'm not. And what he was doing that was a bit frustrating to me in that game was he really wasn't helping. I mean, Tyrese Radford was beating his man off the dribble every single possession, and Onyenso wasn't really coming to help. And, and that was a little frustrating to me. I do think that Kentucky gets lost a lot on screens leading to open threes. That was that last night. That happened in the first half, I'd say about three or four times, and Mississippi State missed pretty much all of them. The, and when I'm talking open, I'm talking open threes, and they missed a bunch of them. If they don't, 
that game could have gone a very, very different way. But you got to find a way to get through these screens, get around these screens, and get a hand in the face of these shooters because they're just taking open shots. You play a Tennessee, you play an Auburn. Listen, Dalton Connect ain't missing that shot. He is not missing that open three like uh, you know some of these Mississippi State players did last night. So, you know, defensively, I think they got to get better defending one on one, which Coach Cal has just beat that with a hammer for weeks, saying we got to be better one on one guarding our guy. I think you got to get better help from your guys down low. And I think that you got to get better getting off of screens and getting out to three-point shooters. Those are the three things to me right now that have to be fixed. I completely agree with you. Actually, I mentioned what you said uh, yesterday to me on the recap episode. And actually, somebody else close to me that has coached before said the exact same thing is that defense, anyone can play defense. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to put in the effort. And so I, I'm right there with you as far as where Kentucky is on defense and I here's the thing I said this also on yesterday's show and I want to know if you agree with me at times it looks like Kentucky's got the energy they've got the excitement they've got the pace and I'm not saying I'm not saying that they that they can't pick this up mentally but it does feel like there are some mental lapses where it's like hey man you have to fight through that screen because they're going to pull the trigger on the other end hey you cannot sag off because this man even though he may not shoot well is going to pull the trigger and we know how sometimes teams shoot and rub it's like you have to be able to stay committed on the defensive end and just not get lost and not lose focus so i i agree with you on the fact that it is just almost entirely effort based you have to be able to to put yourself in a position to make the play on defense and it just comes with with energy it comes with it comes with the effort but sometimes i feel like as well uh, Kentucky loses a little bit of sight of like what they're doing because it, it, we'll, we'll go to the example you were talking about Onyenzo with Ty, Tyrese Radford. That there's that one play in the second half where where Onyenzo just kind of get kind of gets walled off by his man while Radford's uh, Radford kind of like broke his man. I think it was Radford broke his man down, drove to the hole and scored uh, easily because Onyenzo couldn't actually get through his man to recover. It's like you first of all can't be in the position in the paint to have your guy like seal you off like that. And then also once he does, unless he's grabbing you, holding you, uh, holding you to where you can't move, take a step over and, and contest the shot. Like Onyenso got there way too late to where, I don't know if he was concerned with, with Radford dumping the ball off to his man or I, which I don't think he would have been able to do with his positioning. Like it, you have to be able to kind of like, think through these things a little bit quicker at times, I think, with Kentucky. And we've seen this issue, not just with a couple of their big men, but also with their guards, right? With DJ Wagner, who I think Tom Hart brought up on the broadcast yesterday. Hey, uh, oppo opponents individually in ISO situations score, like, shoot, like, 62% from the floor against him, which is rough. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really bad. So uh, Kentucky as a whole, they've got to be able to step up uh, on, on that end of the floor. I love what you said there about the three things that Kentucky needs to do better. And Andrew, I want to kind of shift the conversation here. You're talking about this defense, the way Kentucky's playing, the offense still scoring well. Can Kentucky win an SEC title with the way that they're playing right now? I want to talk about that in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 
And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. You can keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why they have created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. This is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is super easy when you have all of those quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses may not have the time or resources to hire because they're wearing so many hats but thankfully with linkedin the process is intuitive quick and easy and you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right continuing along here on the thursday edition of locked on kentucky lance Daw, andrew stefaniak hanging out here with you really appreciate you checking out locked on kentucky if you have not subscribed to the show already whether that be on youtube or on the podcast feed wherever you are tuned in please go ahead and do so andrew before we move along tell everybody where they can find your content and your socials man yeah you can check out everything over at wildcats today i mean you know we're, we're covering the team i'm there in rup every night i'm gonna be following this team around wherever they are in march in nashville wherever they are i can't wait for it so yeah uh, wildcats today the website uh follow our socials wildcats today and then my twitter personally is at andrew stefaniak go give andrew a follow on twitter and then make sure to check out his stuff over at wildcatstoday.com doing a great great job uh, over there covering kentucky basketball porn is in his thoughts alongside myself and uh, actually Andy Patton, a co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. So go check uh, go check that out, wildcatstoday.com. So we're talking here about defense, Andrew, about uh, some of the frustrations. I think we're on the same page here as far as like what the issue is, what needs to be fixed. And uh, I want to kind of bring the conversation into, a, well, can it be fixed portion of, of, the, of the talk here? Because a lot of fans that I've seen online and some that I've talked to in person have said similar things. It's like, well, with the way that Kentucky's playing defense right now, they can't win an SEC title. They've got to be able to get, to to perform better. So they jump straight past, can it be better, by saying, well, if it's not, then this is going to happen, and you're not going to be able to secure that SEC title. So, Andrew, I wanted to ask you, with the way that Kentucky is playing, not just on defense, but as a whole, because there is a positive and negative side to this, obviously offense and defense. It's kind of funny how black and white it feels at times, but um, can Kentucky basketball take that step and win an SEC title with the remainder of their schedule? Because right now, Kentucky's sitting at what? Three and one now in the SEC. I think they've got a legitimate shot here to make a push down the stretch. Tough road games. Can the, excuse me, can the Wildcats do it? 
looking at this, it's so funny. You know, defense is so important. You can't sit here and act like it's not. We all know what def what the defense means for this team. Now, I'll tell you this. I, I look at this and I go, if you can score like this Kentucky team can score, I don't, you know, so I want to give both sides my thoughts here because I, I do think defense is important. And yep. the numbers, Lance, and I, correct me on the stat because I know you'll know it. What's the thing about the whole you have to be kin palm this and this statistically to win an Addy? Do you have that stat? Do you know that? I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's top 20 in uh, offensive and defensive efficiency. Yeah. It may be top 30. Uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. But, um, but there, there are a couple of teams in this league, by the way, they're top 10 at both categories. Yeah. And it's safe to that. say that Kentucky obviously is not that defensively. So talking March Madness wise, the, the numbers are not in the Wildcats favor, but it's it just with this offense, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't care now. Do I want the defense to get better? Of course, of course. Why not? Hey, this team, and I'm not, a, once again, I'm not asking for this defense to be top 10 in college basketball because that's yeah. not going to happen. I just want it to be better, just competitive. So can this team win an SEC title the way they play defense? I still think they can because of the way they play off, that they, they are on the offensive side of things. They're just so good. Now, I think little things like boxing out – it'll go a long way if you can fix the little things. If you can box out against Florida coming up here in a few days and you can do things like that that'll help you get individual wins. But as a whole, the way this team shoots the ball, if they're hot, I don't believe anybody in college basketball can beat them. Now, a game against a team like Houston, that would scare me. That would really scare me. The way they play defense and the Cats play defense, that would be a really interesting ball game. But to answer your question in a few short words, I do think Kentucky can win the SEC title, even though I think numbers statistically, like you said with March Madness and the Ken Palm, that stuff's against them. I just think the offense is at a whole nother level to where this team can make a run at the regular season SEC title make a run at the SEC uh, you know, tournament title in Nashville, and then make a run in March. But, of course, the defense improving would make me feel a lot better about that. No question. Yeah, so the, the numbers that you're mentioning here uh, on Kim Palm, and I've talked about this so much that uh, I've, I've just beaten it to death on the show. I'm sure some, some listeners are probably sick of it at this point. Adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency are the two categories that are like the big ones on Kim Palm. Kentucky number four right now in the country, fourth best offense according to the Kim Palm ratings, 60th best defense. Uh -huh. And that has taken a, a major dip over the past couple of weeks because at one point, actually, at the beginning of the SEC slate, Andrew, it was like hovering around like low 40s. Mm -hmm. like, and I said, I, I did an episode where I was like, here are five things Kentucky needs to do in order to make this a successful SEC slate, like win it or have a really, really good year. And I said that they needed to crack the top 40 and defensive efficiency because the offense was going to carry the load. If you can get inside the top 40 and just be kind of like good to like slightly above average in the SEC, you can win a lot of games in this conference because of how your offense is going to score. And you'll look dominant in a lot of them as well. Um, but they have slid uh, giving up 85 points to Florida, giving up 77 to a bad Missouri team, giving up 97 in overtime to Texas A&M and 89 points in regulation to that Aggie squad. 77 points to Mississippi State, who can't shoot consistently, and giving up, what, nine threes uh, last night uh, to the Bulldogs as well. 
and you look down the projections here for Ken Palm. If anybody has a Ken Palm subscription, you can go check this out yourself. If you don't, uh, I'll just kind of describe it to you. They break down every single game and give a final score prediction for all of them. Like, here's what we think about these two teams in our computer model. Here's what would happen if they play. Here's the final score. And Kentucky's giving up 75, 75, 80, 83, 81 over their next few games. They've got games in here where they give up 81, 76, 79, 79, 86, 89. It's like you are expected here to kind of have a tear continuously uh, in this defense. But you'll also notice, Andrew, something that you pointed out, they're also projected to win all but one of those games, <laughs> which is against Tennessee, where they are projected to lose 81 to 80. So Kentucky's offense, I said, gosh, what did I say? I think I said if they can average at least 85 points per game, because they were averaging like, what, 91, 92 before the SEC yeah. slate started. I said if they can average at least 85 points per game, they'll be fine. Yeah, That's where I said it. So 85 points per game, top 40 in defensive efficiency. Is that kind of where you would sit and be comfortable uh, if you're looking ahead with uh, with all these games left, I would. And and you know, here's the deal. You know, an opponent scoring 80 points, it's a lot of points. Yep. But I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you. Okay. Okay. Let's say Kentucky scores 90, and the mm. other team scores 80. Who wins that game? Kentucky wins that game. <laughs> they do. They do. And that is my point. Now, let me ask you another hypothetical. Would you consider a, a, a giving up 80 points? to Mississippi State, a good defensive day? I'd say no. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah. But once again, if you score 90 and they score 80, I don't care. I I don't. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the defense has to be better. Mm -hmm. Because here's the deal. This has been my argument, Lance. Um, I've written this in a lot of articles. That's fine and dandy. The whole They can score 80 if we score 90. That argument is great until you get to the Sweet 16 and the shots aren't falling. Yeah, and you lose. That is why the defense has to be better. I don't think the defense has to be better. I don't think this offense is going anywhere. I don't. I think you can win games scoring ninety and your opponent scoring seventy-seven. You know, you obviously well, obviously you know, that's not rocket science. Yes, if you score thirteen more points than the opponent, you're going to win the game. But what I'm getting at here is my fear is a game where the offense just doesn't show up, and that's going to happen. It's you know the shots aren't always going to fall. And, you know, I think we talk about defense. What happened last night against Mississippi State? I, I said it a minute ago. There were a lot of open looks that didn't fall. It's, you know, these players aren't robots. Shots mm-hmm. aren't going to go in sometimes, even with open looks. You're going to get lucky some games. You're going to get unlucky some games. Against Texas a and that Wade Taylor dude, he had some shots that were heavily contested. And then it wouldn't even touch the net. It'd go straight through. And then he'd have a wide open three and it wouldn't touch anything. It'd be an air ball. I mean, this stuff's going to happen. It's part of college basketball. But that right there is a great point, Lance. Like you said, you reading those point totals that Kim Palm gives for the opponents. Okay. If they're scoring 77, 81, 73, I don't care. If we score 85 to 90, you're going to win the game. But that's where it gets scary. It gets scary to read it one more time. If you have a game, especially in March, where you fall asleep and you don't hit your shots, you will lose. That is the reason the defense has to be better right there. Yeah, you've got to be able to find at least some, like it doesn't have to, like you said, it doesn't even have to be good. You just have to find the ability to show the ability to actually get some stops and have a good defensive game. Because like you said, once you get to that single elimination, if you screw up once, you're done. 
Mm-hmm. So find some sort of consistency on that side of the ball where you, at least you can prove, hey, we can have a night where we play good defense because you're going to need it at some point, whether that be in a crucial SEC game here in the schedule that either gives you advantage in the standings or gives you a quad one win that'll be useful for seeding later on in the year, or it'll be in the NCAA tournament where you do face off against that team like a Houston, uh, like a Tennessee, again, possibly uh, in, in a Sweet 16 style where you have to be able to step up and say, okay, we need to make stops consistently in order to get this win. Because um, you, like you said, you may end up in a situation where last year, uh, where you had some, uh, apparently some wonky rims uh, before you got the opportunity to play. It was, was that two years ago or was that a year ago where, where before, I think it was a game against, it was the Kansas State game or the game before where it was like they continued to have to adjust the rims like pregame and at halftime because they were like weren't level or something like that. I remember that, but I don't remember when it was. And both feel, teams, yeah. both teams shot horribly uh, mm-hmm. because of it. Um, it might have been the Providence. It was the Providence game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that sounds game. right. I think um, that doesn't sound right. I remember that. That was crazy, so, actually. I I agree with you uh, on, on everything you're saying there. I think it makes sense. If you score more than your opponent, doesn't really matter. It's maybe like a 2019 LSU situation. Of course, I don't know if anybody on this roster is Joe Burrow. Maybe Kentucky's got four of them. I don't know. Uh, maybe they got four like really solid quarterbacks, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, I want to continue this conversation. We kind of hinted at it a minute ago about Kentucky's upcoming schedule. Uh, they've got a chance to really start to build some momentum here uh, over these next couple of weeks before they play a huge game in Rupp Arena at the beginning of February against Tennessee. Uh, before we dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is over. We have officially stepped into playoff action, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose in the app that they've got is super easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. They've got a new Explore tab where you can find bets. You can also check out the Parlay Hub. Got a bunch of different popular parlays for you to check out, and more on March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Top of that, so you need to visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On and make your first bet a layup. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl, Andrew Stefaniak hanging out here with you. Want to talk a little bit about Kentucky's upcoming schedule. Got four games here. Before that matchup with the Tennessee Volunteers on February 3rd, Georgia at home, South Carolina on the road, Arkansas on the road, and Florida at Rupp. So you've got all four of those games against solid, uh, I would say, to uh, slightly mid-tier or underneath average SEC opponents. Um, Right now, Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida looking pretty solid overall. Uh, Arkansas, I'm just kind of confused at what they've been so far this season, just not been anywhere close Uh, to what Eric Musselman has had over the past few years. But, Andrew, you look at all four of these games, and we talked about it a second ago. Ken Palm says 
Kentucky wins all of them, giving up 75, 75, 80, and 83 points. Uh, what do you see out of this four-game stretch, and could the Wildcats possibly build some momentum here? Can they win all four of these? So I had a big key, and it was go 2-0 this week. Cats are 1-0 right now. Mm-hmm. A Georgia team's coming to town, kind of similar to South Carolina. That we, I mean, I, nobody thought they were going to be great. Nobody thought South Carolina was going to be good. Nobody thought Georgia was going to be good. You know, I mean, can, mm-hmm. relative. I mean, like within SEC play, of course they're going to beat up on, uh, you know, St. Bonaventure. And yeah, but, but like when we get to SEC play, although St. Bonaventure is actually not a bad team, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but they've been okay teams. I mean, Georgia had Tennessee on the ropes. They choked there late. Um, South Carolina is one team I haven't watched a ton of. I've watched a lot of Georgia. I've watched a lot of SEC basketball, but South Carolina just hadn't been on the TV much. But, I mean, numbers-wise, they've really exceeded expectations over there in Columbia. So that's a game. Do I think Kentucky goes 4-0 in this stretch? Should they go 4-0 in this stretch? Yes to both of those questions. But looking at this, you know, it's Kentucky. I I used to be that person that, you know, Kentucky fans have this pride to them about the whole, you know, when Kentucky comes to town, it's, um, it's, it's t-shirt day. And I used to kind of be annoyed by that back in the day. I was like, okay, you know, let's not do that. And, but now in all honesty, and I still don't say it, but I believe it, you know, I mean, what did we see against Florida? I think an okay team showed up. Texas A&M, an okay team played great. And I do think part of that has to do with, the number six, number eight, you know, at, at the time, number six team against AM. Now the number eight team is coming to town. It's Kentucky. You want to beat them. People are excited. People don't get excited when Vandy comes to town. People get excited when Kentucky comes to town because they're a good team. So that makes playing on the road more difficult. It does. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation, especially against a Georgia. Uh, you know, fans are excited. They're, they're better. South Carolina fans are excited. They are better. That is going to make this these two games challenging. So do I think the cats win? Yes, but you got to be careful. These teams want to beat you. They need a quad one win. They, they want to beat you bad. So you got to play well in those games. Um, I, I don't think they struggle against Georgia and Florida. I, I just think this team's going to c- continue to play well in Rupp arena. I really do. But those two road games, I think Arkansas is horrible in all honesty, for lack of better words, any Razorback fans listening, I apologize. Just being honest with you, no, but yeah, but, you know, going to Bud Walton is scary. I'm sorry, it just is. I don't care if you're playing, you know, a 5U YMCA basketball team. I wouldn't want to play them in Bud Walton. And that's what you got going on here against Arkansas. So, you know, teams, bad teams can play well. And you don't want to run into that against South Carolina and Arkansas. So do I think they go 4-0 in this stretch? I do, but I think these games could be a little more interesting than maybe some are imagining right now. So taking all of that information into account, you're looking at Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia. Georgia right now 3-1 and one in SEC play, South Carolina 2-2, two and two, and then uh, Florida and Arkansas both 1-3 and three, uh, out the gates here. I think Florida has had a little bit more difficult yeah. uh, of a schedule, obviously playing Kentucky and, uh, and Tennessee here to start out, who may end up being two of the three best uh, teams, four best teams, I guess, if you include Alabama in this conference. But uh, taking that into account, Andrew, out of these four games, what would you say is the most difficult game for Kentucky in this stretch? Is it that Arkansas game because of the fact that it's in Bud Walton, even though Arkansas may be the worst team? 
Is it South Carolina? Is it Georgia? Because they've gotten off to a hot start in SEC play. Where do you see this going? What's the most difficult game? To me, it's the South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't think many would agree on that, in all honesty. And that's fair, but I'll give my reasoning. I, Georgia, they're playing good. Cinderella story, great. You know, I think Kentucky wipes the floor with them in Rupp Arena. It's just, you know, it, now you never know. Could Georgia hang around? I think even if they hang around, Kentucky wins. I think that Florida, they, you know, they got dealt a bad hand to start the season. You know, Ole Miss too, that was their other game they played. You know, um, and Ole Miss is, is a, you know, not, I still think they're a tad bit overrated, but they're still, a, a, you know, I think a top half SEC team. Yeah. So not the easiest draw for the Florida Gators. So I think they're better than one and three, but I think the interrupt arena, I, I'm not as concerned. I, I just think that ranking the environments, what scares me more going to South Carolina or going to Bud Walton, Bud Walton scares me more, but I just think Arkansas is so that bad, bad <laughs> That's to where this South Carolina team scares me the most of this um, or a game scares me the most of these four. Um, I, and I'll tell you this. I do think that Georgia and Florida will hang around. In Rupp Arena. I think yeah. it's going to be similar to what we saw last night. Um, was the Missouri game, it's funny, we've had two final scores, 90-77, uh, Missouri and, and um, Kentucky, uh, Mississippi State. I was writing those articles. I was like, why does this feel weird? And then it was, that's why. But um, I think you could see similar scores to to that in, in those games. The Florida-Georgia game, they put up, you know, 75, 80 points. Kentucky scores 90. Um, so I think they'll, it, It's I don't see 25-point blowout wins here. I see, you know, 15, 10-point wins. I think that they beat Arkansas by 10 to 15. And then the the uh, South Carolina game, I feel like it's going to be one of those. You just leave and you wipe your brow and you go, man, it's over. Thank the Lord. We won by four. That's how I kind of see this going. But South Carolina is the one that concerns me the most. I think so. And I, 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 I think I agree with the, the, the logic there is that, you know, Arkansas has got the, the, the more difficult environment, but I, I think that South Carolina is the better team. And you, you have to factor in the fact that they're probably going to have a really good environment as well. Yes. Uh, pulling up for this Kentucky game. Uh, if we're, if we're ranking these teams in terms of talent, I, I, I think Florida's the best team, I think I out of these four. Um, so Florida and Georgia, I think will give Kentucky problems. And, this is something I've continued to say to to the listeners here on the show. Like, listen, Kentucky could lose any of these games. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, like it, it could happen. SEC play is difficult, but they're projected to win all. Of them. And so, I think Kentucky beats Georgia. I think they end up beating South Carolina on the road. I think they beat Arkansas, despite that being a really difficult place to play. And I think they beat Florida again because they proved they could do it on the road once. And I think they can do it again at home. Uh, so right now, let's say that happens. Let's say Kentucky. What are what are they? Three and one and SEC and one. play. They'd improve to eighteen and three, seven and one, uh, in, in conference play, and then you get Tennessee rolling in, mm. and then you have a stretch of games after that, where you'd like to think Kentucky's got a shot to win them uh, against Vanderbilt, Gonzaga, and Mississippi. And Gonzaga has been a little bit of a disappointment this year. Um, yeah, but you you start to see things move forward for Kentucky in a way that gets you thinking about what they're going to do in the postseason. Because if you're able to pick up a win against a team like South Carolina, I think if that right now, if I'm not mistaken, that's close to or is a quad one win uh, in the net rankings. Tennessee, if you're able to secure that one, that would be a quad one win. You're starting to build a strong resume and you're looking at this team 
making a legitimate case at the beginning of March. So I'll, I'll say this, Andrew, now that we know that this possible stretch of wins is on the table, where do you see Kentucky landing in March? Doesn't really matter now, but I do just want to get your thoughts as far as seeding goes. Where are they? Where yeah. do you think they land? So South Carolina is. I just I just pulled it up. They're they're 69th currently um, okay. in the net rankings. So that would be, top be on the road, top 75 on the road. That is yeah. a quad one win. Now that could change, but you know between now and Tuesday. Well, maybe not because it's by Tuesday, but it could change when it all wraps up. But when it comes to seeding, and this is something you and I talked about on the phone the other day. I think if Kentucky can go 14 and four in SEC play, which would leave them with six losses, right? Because then the Kansas yep. loss, the UNC Wilmington loss, six losses and however many wins. I'm not going to do math here because I'm going to be like 25 and six, right? Yeah. So round there, round there. If you, if you have that record, I think this team is worst case scenario a four seed. Mm -hmm. I think they will be a three seed. Okay. I think that that UNC Wilmington loss, I know you and I talked about it, it's not going to hurt Kentucky as much as we'd originally thought, but I do think it's going to keep you away from definitely being a one, potentially a two. I think a two seed would be really hard to pull. I yeah. think you'd have to lose one. I think you'd have to go 15 and three in SEC play, maybe 16 and two with the Texas A&M loss already on the board. I, I think that's really hard to do. So I'm thinking three seed. And four seed is worst case scenario. If you go 14 and four in SEC play, if you go 15 and three, I think three seed is, is almost definite. If you can find a way to only lose one more and go 16 and two, I think potentially we could be talking to two seeds. So, but I, if I had to, you know, throw a dart right now, I'd say there'll be a three seed. And it's my, okay. my guess. Yeah. And now we were talking yesterday about that thing that Tristan Ferris had put out about like running it through Torvik and seeing that, yeah. Oh, well the UNC Wilmington loss didn't matter if you change it to a win or a loss. Uh, but I will say, while that is a, still a possibility, we don't know what the NCAA tournament's going to, or its committee is going to do. Right. And then also, when you go to the net rankings, and we've talked about this before on the show, it literally says when breaking down the quadrants, what they mean, says underneath it, the number of quadrant one wins and quadrant three and four losses will be incredibly important when it comes time for NCAA tournament selection and seeding. The net rankings say that verbatim. So, Maybe you do see Kentucky finish 25 and six, have some strong, uh, have, have a strong case for a two seed, but get pulled down to that three seed line because they did lose that UNC Wilmington game. So uh, there's a variety of things that could happen. I think that Kentucky's in that range. Do I see them getting up to a one seed? Probably not unless they just go ballistic and like win every single game from here on out. Um, who knows that could happen. Uh, but, but yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Andrew. So I think that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Kentucky. Andrew, one more time, tell everyone where they can find your content and social uh, socials. Yeah. Check out the work over wildcats today. You know, we got a lot going on over there, uh, covering this team hard, um, you know, at all the games doing all that. So we got a lot of great folks helping over at wildcats today. Lance included. It's a lot of fun doing it, covering this team. It's my first season covering Kentucky in person. Um, and all you uh, readers, um, maybe listeners that read as well, I really appreciate it. But yeah, check over Wildcats today. You can follow the uh, Twitter for the website over at Wildcats today on X slash Twitter. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Stefaniak. Yeah, please go give Andrew a follow. He's been doing a great job covering, covering uh, Kentucky basketball. So, uh, Andrew, one more time, really appreciate you hopping on, man. All right, that was our conversation with Andrew Stefaniak of Wildcats Today. Please make sure to check out all of his written work alongside myself over at wildcatstoday.com and give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, he's been doing a great job there 
uh, covering UK basketball. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Going to have a preview episode of Kentucky versus Georgia coming up tomorrow. Make sure you do not miss that. Subscribe to the show wherever you are tuned in. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and God bless. Thank you.